0: You're listening to Are You Happy? Business Podcast on Captivate.
1: Hello, Are You Happy? Podcast. I'm here today with Sally. She is a CEO and founder of My Inner Lighthouse. It's a community-based company. Um, this, she started out doing intuitive counseling one-on-one with people, but now they've branched out and they're getting a community of like-minded folks and helping them become their own spiritual guides. Um, Sally's going to lead us into a meditation to start the call today. And then she's gonna introduce herself, talk a little bit more about what she does, but um, sit back, um, get, get seated, relax, and Sally's gonna um, lead us through a quick meditation.
0: Thanks, DeBron. Um, not sure when you're listening or where you're listening to this, but if you happen to be driving and you do have the time, I'm gonna invite you to pull over and just relax for a few minutes. This is only gonna take about four minutes. Um, If you're at home, if you want to treat yourself, just go ahead and sit down and relax and tune in. And now I would like you to take a deep cleansing breath. And what that means is breathing in through your nose, holding a beat and blowing out through your mouth like you're blowing
2: out a birthday candle.
0: And if you need to roll your, roll your shoulders back, maybe kind of do a little figure eight for your neck. And I'm going to take us to Hawaii. And I want you to imagine that you're standing on the sands of a beach in Hawaii. It's a beautiful day, beautiful breeze. You have no place to go. Everything's fine. And the water is beginning to lap a little bit on your toes. Imagine that tide slowly rolling
2: in and rolling out. Good. And I want you to begin
0: to let go of whatever happened to you today. Let go of your worries, your tasks, whatever whatever needs to happen, the to-do list. And join me here in Hawaii. And imagine that through the bottom of your feet, you've got spiritual roots that are going to go out of your feet and branch into the sands below you. Going down deep into the earth, deep
2: into Mother Earth. That's it, good. And now I'd like you to
0: imagine that there's a big bowl, a big vat of honey that's pouring above your head, going into the crown of your head, going down, warm, warm honey flowing through your body. Going past your eyes, releasing all those little muscles around your eyes, through your neck, down through your shoulders, behind your shoulder blades, going down through your arms, out the tips of your fingers, down through
2: the heart, down, down, down. I'd like you to listen to the wind. Maybe there's some birds in the background. You've got nowhere to go. Mm.
0: Now, still with your eyes closed, I'd like you to move your eyelids to the right side, to the three o'clock
2: area of your head. Wait a minute.
0: And then roll your balls back forward, and then slowly to the left side of your head, the nine o'clock area. And then slowly dip your eyeballs down and go around the clock slowly.
2: Where am I feeling it? Just tune in with with your heart for a moment.
0: And now we begin to come back to our local surroundings, listening to the sounds in our room,
2: maybe taking a belly breath, begin to wiggle your toes and your fingers, and then slowly open your eyes. And I opened my eyes to beautiful Orcas Island off of Washington state. And I opened to my, open my eyes to Debra
1: Albania um, originally from Connecticut, but right now I'm in Albania so this is wonderful. where I'm from. Um, wow. You really got me speaking in a peaceful tone today. <laughs> i feel very, um, Calm. I haven't meditated in a long time. Um, In terms of like guided meditation, it's been years. I used to do it during yoga, but now I just close my eyes in the sauna and I don't really have much going on besides my breathing. Um, Guided meditation is very helpful. Is there? um, What is it about the? Because obviously you've been trained and these meditations. So what is it about the bringing someone to a new setting, um, to imagine another place that they're at? What does that, what does that do for people? Because I know it's definitely very beneficial to me to imagine myself in another place, like a beach. Um, and especially the ocean because ocean is like definitely the most peaceful place I've been at. I go to and it like, um, there's something about being at the ocean that opens up your eyes because I know I I learned that like if your peripherals are being used and you have like a if you're looking at this, a large uh horizon and you have like the ocean to look over, it's mentally mentally healthy to be able to use your peripherals and see like over the horizon like that. Um mm-hmm. so is there anything the question is is there anything what's special about during a meditation to go to a new place and is there anything special about beaches themselves?
0: Okay, so let's deal with the first question first. What what is it about meditation? I would say that's just so healing and centering. Um, I'm actually not trained in meditation, however, I've been doing guided meditations with Oprah and Deepak meditation since about 2011. I did a TM. I did Transcendental Meditation in college which is a different form of meditation. Um, I think meditation just gives us a chance to slow down and become more aware. And anytime we can slow down and breathe and calm our nervous systems, which is its own science, I hope to get into a little bit, which is called attunement. Anytime we can give our bodies and our nervous system a break, Um, I think we're practicing the ultimate form of self-compassion.
2: Like during the meditation, you asked, um, where are you feeling it? That's something that
1: I've heard other people ask me and it's definitely very beneficial. It's something that I do um, daily as I give myself a moment to check in and and stop, breathe and be like, what am I feeling right now? And where exactly am I feeling it? Um, I really like that practice a lot. So thank you. Sure. Would you mind telling me a little bit about, um, well, a little bit more about my inner lighthouse and some of the things that you do for people?
0: Sure. So, um, let me first introduce myself. So my name is Sally, uh, Sally Mathis O'Brien. Um, I formed this little company called minor lighthouse, um, So introducing myself and who I am, um, I'm a mother and a wife and a business owner, obviously, um, I'm spiritual and religious, which is kind of a little different to declare these days. I'm a medium and a channeler, but I really think of myself as a writer, um, a healer and a teacher. Um, I am involved in something I call intuitive counseling. Um, When I think of intuitive counseling, I think of someone who can bridge the gap between traditional counseling and helping people become a little bit more centered, a little bit more thoughtful and more heart, um, more calm the heart. For example, you go see a psychologist when you need to talk about something on your mind. Um, You come and see me when you want to talk about something on your heart. So that's a little bit about me. Uh, Minor Lighthouse is a community of folks. There's five of us who feel pretty strongly that um, we can do the work of intuitive counseling together and we can better the world. So uh, for several years, I had a one-on-one practice, which I continue to do. Um, However, I felt like that wasn't an efficient way to rock the world. So we decided to research the best way to create communities in a way that was cost-effective and quick. So we decided upon the software platform Patreon, which is a little bit like Etsy, except it's for community building. And we've started um, a Patreon community with two different levels. That's very inexpensive. Um, And we're just, we have people joining us monthly and I channel with folks like um, Gandhi. We had a talk with wisdom, about wisdom with Leonardo da Vinci, who's my favorite guide. Um, And we're just going around what I call the spiritual compass. And talking about different ordinals on the compass I developed long before I became a medium and a channeler. So that's a little bit about what I do.
1: That's awesome. Can you explain a little bit more about the Leonardo da Vinci, Leonardo da Vinci um, guiding? Sure. Yeah.
0: So um, guides started introducing them to me in guided meditations in about uh, 2017. I moved to this beautiful, small island called Orcas. It's some of the most beautiful real estate in the world. Um, and it's very tiny and I'm on a beach. And um, I was introduced previously to this white horse in my meditation, uh, meditation's name, Winslow, which happens to be, the name means uh, friend on a hill. And he would talk to me as crazy as that sounds. Um, and for about a solid six months, when I was living in Seattle, he said, you know, you really need to move to Orcas Island. It'll be better for your health. So I finally created the will and the way to move here, which was super expensive, moved here, started renovating my house. And when I moved here, Winslow quit talking to me in meditation. And then one day, um, when Winslow was munching on the grass next to the beach, This man walked up on my path and he had curly hair. And I'm like, are you Jesus? And he's like, yeah, you want to help people? I'm here to help you help people. And that's how it began. Jesus began introducing me to others, what I call ascended masters. And slowly I started meeting these sages throughout time who just gently helped me for 20 minutes a day. So that's when Minor Lighthouse became bigger. That's when my one-on-one clientele really ramped up, and here I am. So Leonardo, you asked about Leonardo. So he's my favorite. He's my favorite guide. Um, (laughs) He's really irreverent, as you might expect. Um, He's a polymath, right? I mean, he was an engineer. He was essentially um, the best human anatomist. He was one who made intense, really intricate diagrams of the internal, as he calls a human instrument. Um, He was a costume designer. He did all these things. But the point of him being a close guide for me is that he was the first one to kind of help me understand that how difficult it is to live day to day. And he just helps me in a lot of little ways. He's very funny. So he chimes in a lot, my consciousness.
1: The sort of um, like uh, the way that you're referring to Leonardo da Vinci and these other guides, I've never actually been exposed to this sort of um, thing. I, I'm interested to learn a little bit more in depth. So you, it's in your meditations. You you had you start seeing a white horse, right? And then someone like a Jesus-like figure, and then they start giving you um, messages. Like for example, like coming to the island was something that was like something that you heard from these sort of meditations in in your consciousness. And I do want to learn a little bit. If you could sp- explain a little bit more in depth, because I'm not aware. And then. Also, uh, I do want to learn a little bit more about what, what you like about the island. Is, is it um, just curious? Um, I'm sure it's a little bit more peaceful than other life, like in suburbia and and, and cities. Um, so, yeah, I want to learn quickly about the island. And then if you could explain more in depth so I can understand.
0: Sure. So two parts. I'm going to have Suzanne track all those questions. Suzanne's on the back end here with me.
2: So Sally's um, on an island right now. So
1: her connection isn't. um,
0: I actually, I lie. um, Did you hear me? You can can
1: restart. No worries at all.
0: Okay. Um, So when I meditate, I have a ritual and I don't sit up and meditate. I actually lie on a meditation mat. It's heated. Um, I prop my legs up and I go into a Deepak Oprah meditation, which is 20 minutes. And so after a few minutes in the meditation, I let my body relax. And in my mind's eye, I'm still on my meditation mat. I walk out of my home, down to the first floor, walk out the pathway on my beach. And as I'm doing that, I meet Winslow on the way. I say hello to Winslow. And then I have each day, there's a tends to be a different guide I meet And I walk into the waters and I meet whoever is the master I'm supposed to meet that day. So this is all happening in my mind's eye. Um, It's kind of like, I don't know if you've ever done a shamanic journey, but it's very much like a shamanic journey where it's like a lucid dream. And it's very clear unless I didn't get enough sleep the night before, basically, And then when I come out of the meditation, I've got my journal right next to me and I just furiously write what the conversation was for future posterity if I want to write a newsletter or something. Um, So that's kind of the daily way it works. Um, I do have them chime in from time to time, depending upon what's going on in my life. If I need support, if I'm crashing and I've had a really S-H-I day, I will go on my meditation mat. I will lay down and say, Hey, I need your help. And they come to me. So they're very much a huge support in my life. Um, I won't get in right now to the background of me, unless you ask me, but basically um, I wouldn't be where I'm at without their support Um, regarding Orcas. So Orcas Island is this jewel of an Island on the North end of the San Juan islands about, an hour and a half off from Seattle, you take a ferry and then the ferry ride is over an hour out here. So I'm actually looking out my window now. And on the left, I can see Canada. And on the right, I'm seeing the U.S. Straight ahead is Vancouver. So it's this really, really beautiful point that's pretty much the furthest, most point in the Northwest. I'm pretty, I'm affluent. I've got this, you know wonderful house and and i know i've got it made which went into the contemplation about am i happy so.
1: so so i'm sure that this is how we've been connected and and whether it's a higher power maybe the algorithms of social media that's connected us both on this topic of happiness but um i think now would be a good time to ask are you happy and why
0: so I obviously so I found out uh, four days ago I was going to be in the podcast and I've been thinking about a lot. And um, I'm going to be really honest. I did what most white affluent women of my age do. I had my session with my psych and I asked her if I'm happy. That's what I did. So uh so and then she did, you know, her psych thing. Well, I don't know. Are you happy? So we spent the next, you know, 40 minutes breaking it down. And um, first of all, I'm so happy I'm on this podcast because I would never have had this deep dive any happiness unless I was on this podcast, right? That's the way, that's the way the world works. So I basically, you know, she she asked me, Well, how do I feel about it? And I thought, well, the question to me is two questions. One is, are you kind of happy in the moment? Like, do you have feelings of happiness? And then the other one is kind of, are you living a happy life? So then we went down both paths, right? So regarding, am I happy? You know, the emotion, I got to say most of the time, I'm not happy. Um, and when I started doing the dive and all my resources, because I'm definitely an academic, um, I'm actually reading about four books now at the same time, because it's part of my work. But one of the the books I'm reading is called The Good Life. And it's a longitudinal study by um, a Harvard group on The Good Life. And it's about happiness. So one of the things is we have a happiness set point. We have an emotional set point for happiness that's based on mostly on genetics and life circumstances. So this wonderful psychologist that I had said, well, basically, I'm not surprised you feel this way because you had so much trauma at an early age. Um, So I was, I'm just going to go there. So I am bipolar and I was a victim quote unquote of incest from my uncle prior to be, being able to speak um i moved to orcas because i assumed better health they said i'd have better health here i assumed it had to do with helping my ms and it ended up being after about a year that these repressed memories started coming up about all this and um I needed to confront them and deal with the fear and frankly, the rage of what I was learning about my past. There were things, including my parents uh, that came up and I don't cast blame now, but I got to tell you the next morning after the memories came up with my uncle, the first thing I did was go in the meditation, go out and meet Jesus on the beach. And I read him the right act. I was pissed, and he just listened to me. And then when he was, when I was done, he said, "Look behind you." And I looked behind me, and he said, "That's little Sally playing in the sand, and she's able to play in the sand because you listened to her." So it was this interesting
2: time where for. I was breaking up again, but when she comes back, we'll have her re say it. I'm sure
1: our audience will be willing to
0: allow her to reveal what had happened to her at a very young age.
1: Can you um, backtrack? Because we lost you at um, when Jesus told you to turn around and you saw young Sally in the sand playing. Okay. From there?
0: Sure. So I walked outside, I read the riot act Jesus. And after he calmly listened to me for about five minutes, he said, look behind you. And I looked behind me and I saw myself at a very young age digging in the sand. And he said, because you listen to yourself, you're able to play in the sand. You're able to have a happier life. And it was this first full circle moment of realizing how much healing I could do by facing myself by being present to my feelings and and being and being able to basically share with someone who is willing to listen and hear me out, even though I was full of rage and I was able to heal myself a little bit. And I knew ultimately I'd be healing others by doing this. Does that make sense? It's a little confusing. Yeah,
1: it makes it makes no it's not confusing at all. It's a very touching story. Um, and I'm glad you, were, were sh- I'm glad you shared that with us. Um, and I'm grateful that you feel that you can be open with us on this podcast. And I'm thankful. Um, I'm curious if you have any tips, cause I've heard from books and people that the first few years of your life shape a lot of who you are. Um, but it's just a lot of, as a matter of like remembering, um, do you have any advice on how to tap into some of your older memories that you might've repressed?
0: Sure. Um, And I'm speaking only for myself here. I'm not a professional psychologist. Um, I recommend anyone who, if you feel that you've made, have had really significant trauma in the past, that you go see a professional, that you go see a psychologist, that you talk to a pastor, or even begin just talking to your friends, especially if you have unusual dreams come up or things are happening in your body. You had mentioned at the beginning of the podcast when I when you thought it was interesting that where you feel things in your body or our body is where we contain our memories. Um, there's two books I'm going to recommend near the end if that's the case, but mostly becoming more aware of what's happening in your life when. Um, If you feel like in relationship that you're losing it, that you're losing control, that you're reacting more than responding, that's definitely a clue that there's some things buried. So I always suggest first getting professional help. If you have repressed memories like I do, um, that's definitely a flag to get professional help. Um, But mostly I feel like we just need one another. We are wired to be in community. Our nervous systems are meant to be regulated, are meant to be calmed. And really they're meant to to do that with other people in our life, partners, support networks. Um, There's something called the three degrees of intimacy. And it's like this bullseye thing. So you got the first, the second, and the third being on the outside of the bullseye. Well, the first degree is who can you call 24 hours a day for help? And that's usually a partner, best friend, that sort of thing. And psychologists say having two or three people in that first degree is really fundamental and foundational for us. And then the second degree is... Um, generally who are our closest contacts. And often that's people we work with that we see all the time, good friends, also important. Might be organizations, right? Might be a church, it might be a chat group you're a part of, it makes no difference as long as you're in community. And then the third is like, who do you meet on the street? These are more like occasional people. Um, What they fail to talk about a lot is basically in the center that first degree is you. So what's the relationship with yourself? What is your inner life like? What What's your anxieties? I have a lot of anxieties. You know, I figured moving Orcas Island, I'd be so much more relaxed and the opposite happened. But it's because I, I wasn't aware of my past and then the repression came up, the, the actual memories of what had happened. So I hope that answers your questions.
1: It does definitely. Um, I think that through your meditations, you've been able to learn a little bit more about yourself and some of your memories. And I think that the sooner people are going to start getting deeper and deeper into meditations, the sooner that they can help themselves. And so a lot of it's internal. And then you also recommended that you speak to a professional. Um, one of the parts that was memorable about your answer is that, um, you said something about how people will be, who are reactive. Um, mm-hmm. Tend to have repressed um, memories. And so I just started to think about, about some people that are close to me who are very reactive. And I also know some things about them that some bad, like childhood, like mem- childhood memories that they maybe haven't t- tapped into enough and um, really meditated on enough um, and are definitely repressing. So I do. Um, I'm happy that I learned that piece. That people who become really reactive tend to have some of those repressed experiences in their past.
0: Well, let me let me be clear. Okay. Uh, maybe yeah, I'm slow. Oh, uh, yeah. So people who can be reactive don't necessarily have repressed memories but they're repressing their emotions their feelings. I think uh, one of I think one of the misunderstandings is and I know this is true for me is that when we have feelings we assume the feelings are in the present moment and some of them maybe but a lot of times we're having feelings about the present and the past at the same time. Hmm. So one of the reasons I ask in the meditation is where are you feeling it? If you're feeling things in the same areas of your body all the time, that's actually your body talking to you, right? If you're getting pain in the same spot, like lower back pain, if you're getting pain in your gut, I mean, our gut is our second brain. It's really important. Uh, If you're getting numbness, if you're feeling really good in spots, That's all signals that I call feedback loops. Those are all important to pay attention. And that's part of paying attention to your patterns. So there's a psychologist who said, I'm going to, I have it right next to me here. I'm going to read it. We think about our feelings and get migraines. We swallow our feelings and get ulcers. We carry the weight of our feelings and get back pain. We sit on our feelings and get hemorrhoids. That's a quote from James Zullo, who's a clinical psychologist. I'd also add to that, we eat our feelings and we get overweights. <laughs> <laughs> overweight and the pandemic. So uh, so yeah, I, I think feelings are really um a complicated concept, right? So um I know that my my awareness of feelings is the largest part of my work with my therapist.
1: Okay. I'm glad that you clarify that for me. So people who are um, tend to be reactive are doing that because of their surpassing supp- some emotions currently, but these emotions, um, your point is that the emotions that people are reacting to are both present and in the past.
0: Um, right. So I appreciate right.
1: the clarification. Yeah. Yeah. um so thank you. I really appreciate that um I do want to talk a little bit more about your business and where you, where you see it going. do you have any um do everything you, you can tell us about like the future of uh the inner lighthouse and where you like ideally what you want it to look like okay and, like, maybe now
0: yeah. Um, I'm happy to. So it's interesting. I have a business coach and she's amazing. She's on the East Coast. And I had booked like 10 appointments because I got this package and I stopped after I think it's the eighth appointment because I realized where I needed the most help was developing a business plan. So one of the um, effects of living with multiple sclerosis is I have cognitive issues, which is really common for MS. Uh, Most people assume that people with MS have, you know, major mobility issues and you might, Um, I used to, I don't anymore, but, um, but mostly we have problems with different types of memory issues. And mine happens to be Uh, working memory, which is memory in the present moment. So that's why my partner, Suzanne, is on the phone call with us, chatting with me to remind me. So um, where we see Minor Lighthouse going is um, we're developing these Patreon communities. um, Because I have such a low rate of getting on board, I want to develop these communities pretty quickly because I want the communities to develop the business plan. I this is not my business. This is our business. Um, I fully intend to rock the world. Um, And the next three months, I'm going to London, which incidentally has the best Albanian food. I ate so much Albanian food when I was there last time. And I'm going to write my book, which is called The Compass, So the Dalai Lama said he was going to help me write it. I am totally stoked about that. So I plan on publishing that probably within about a year. So as we ramp up these communities and together we build the business plan, um, I'm not sure where we're going because that's above my pay grade. But what I hope to do literally is to make love with the world. I mean, if you ask me what my deepest st- desire is, I would say I want freedom. And I think most people want freedom. And what I mean by freedom is like inner peace. I don't want this anxiety I feel all the time now. I want to be able to walk wherever I want to walk. I want to feel safe, whether I'm walking outside of Soho in London or I'm, you know, going down the dark alley areas from the south side of Chicago, where I was brought up, which brings me to the next topic I'm hoping to gear us toward. And that's the concept of agency. I feel one of the reasons people don't maybe don't feel as happy maybe as I do or, or have a tough time with it is that I think people feel like they don't have a sense of agency anymore.
1: What do you mean by that? Like uh, is a sense of ownership?
0: yeah, i you know I think agency is kind of an old-fashioned word, but what what i how I define agency is um kind of like self-reliance. So Emerson wrote this famous essay, I don't know when, but he wrote it a long time ago on self-reliance. And it's the idea that really, the accountability of how we live our life remains with us. How we behave remains with us. Um, So, agency is basically how much power you feel you have in your life towards your purpose, and then therefore kind of go out into community and are able to do something that makes you feel good. Now, agency for one person might be completely different than agency for another. For me, I'm an affluent white woman in the Northwest of the US who was able to get her master's and fully intends to get her doctorate. So, agency for me means I want to start a movement like, you know, March for Our Lives. That's why I'm wearing this sweatshirt. I I fully intend to meet David Hogg. David Hogg, if you can afford your way to London, I'm going to treat you to a dinner in Soho, promise. I'm going to be there for the next three months. Um, This is an example of a man who is what is literally called a super survivor. There's a book on it. It's a great book. Super survivors are people that Undergo trauma and then are able to, you know, take that trauma, deal with it, and start a movement. So that's what I want to do. I want to start a movement with my inner lighthouse of like minded people that help one another. It's hard to live in this world. I should be happy, right? I should be very happy, but I get upset when I read the news. I tend to read the news rather than watch it. It's a lot less sensational, but. I know that's a long answer to a short question, but that is that's the way I feel.
1: I appreciate that answer. Um, how do you plan to implement agency into some of your like one-on-one um, meditations or like spiritual guiding? Um, Such like plan to implement agency um, into more group-oriented things or whatever you plan for the future of your business.
0: Right. So a David Hogg's going to meet me in London because I already have a plan. Uh, You laugh. You don't know how powerful my prayer is. I already have a plan of what I want to do with March for our lives. Uh, That's going to take a solid probably year and a half. Uh, Hopefully not that long. Uh, Number two, um, if you go on my website at myinnerlighthouse.com, there's free PDFs of my models. And those are models I developed with guides, with, you know, Ascended Masters, those on -on one-on-one work. So I plan to use those in our group session on Patreon. Actually, I've already started using them. However, really, I'm developing this with the other realms. So I don't know what we're going to present until about a week before we present it because it's really important to me to be present to the circumstances of the news, right? So I wrote a newsletter, there's plenty of writing a minor lighthouse, but I wrote a newsletter after George Floyd, right? I was freaking upset with what happened with George Floyd. So I wrote a newsletter that said, I hope George Floyd is the tipping point. So that's kind of the way that minor lighthouse evolves. Because it's a business and because it's a conscious entity in and of itself, I actually talk to my inner lighthouse. Her name is Millie. So these are the the type of realms that I interact with to help kind of lead me. but, I don't know where I'm going to be at in a year. I just, I just know I'm going to be successful. I know that I'm going to publish this book. I know the type of publisher it's going to be, because I've already found that out intuitively. So I'm really just kind of following the breadcrumbs of my intuition.
1: Awesome. I definitely have a lot of appreciation with the way you go about things and like manifesting the things that you want and actually implementing, um, Things so, that you can actually make those things happen. Like you have, you seem to have a plan with David Hogg, and um, you have the goal of creating that book, and you have all these resources that you tap into through meditation to make sure that these things happen. So, believe in you, and I'm going to be following along your journey with the Inner Lighthouse. Um, we talked a little bit about agency, but I also wanted to talk about presence in community and give you the floor to talk about either of those topics.
0: Great. Okay, so uh, interconnected, obviously. So first let's talk about presence. So presence, being present is a skill and an art. Um, I was a hospital chaplain before this whole world opened up to me and being a hospital chaplain meant I had to be on different areas of the hospital. Um, I like to be on the mental health side. So I'd be on typically in the mental health ward, reading my spiritual books and I'd wait for people to come up to me and just ask me questions. I like the work because I never knew what was going to happen. I might have somebody who was basically suicidal or someone who just basically has never been listened to, right? So to be present is both being fully spot on, is in the presence of you two, And I I know the public's back there somewhere, but I don't think about that as a chaplain. I'm I'm looking into your eyes and seeing what you're doing. I'm not on my phone. By the way, my guides call them black boxes. They don't like us being on the black boxes, but I'm fully there present and I'm doing something called attuning. So attuning is just being like aware of the state of your body. Like if you ever talk to somebody and you're talking to them and they're saying, oh yeah, everything's great, great, great. But their body's not saying that at all. That's an obvious sign that someone's not attuned into their body. They're not in sync with their emotions, with their intellect and with their physical body. So that's a skill. Um, and I think what I'm going to do, Suze, let's make a note. Um, we're going to put out something on the website about the resources because I've, I've got so many resources. So I'm going to stop there on presence um, community. Yeah. So we are literally wired to be connected to others. If we're not with others, we wouldn't survive as homo sapiens. And by the way, I'm going to plug the book, Sapiens, amazing book. So sapiens describes this in detail. So being in community, not only is survival, it's also comfort. And I have to tell you, being a meditator, meditator, being with this guides, these guides, you know, it's freaking magical and amazing. I'm, I'm the first one to admit I have an amazing life, but it's very lonely. Right. So I need community also. So being involved in the community of friends that you have. And as far as I'm concerned, you create your family. The family you were born into isn't necessarily who you stick with throughout life. And that's perfectly fine. I mean, Jesus is a good example of that. Jesus of Nazareth, not Jesus Christ. Um. So, So that's, I think it's important to plug in community Think about those three degrees of intimacy and see where your heart is guiding you. I mean, if you did this meditation and your heart's like kind of sagging or it's lonely or it's sad, try not to place judgment on it. Just be with it. Regarding emotions, I want to add one other thing I think is really important. When people are reactive, when people are angry, anger is a secondary emotion. Anger is above sadness. You're angry because you're not getting what you want. And you feel that way because you're bearing some sadness that you never went to in the past. All that is covered over fear. We all have fear, right? We're born with fear. Fear allows us to survive. But when we have a nation, when we have a world that's built on the crisis and trauma of fear... Then presencing becomes even more important, whether it's an individual, whether it's a political regime, whether it's a nation, or whether it's a mother, right? So I'm going to stop there because I want to get off my soapbox.
1: I appreciate that answer a lot. And I was able to stay present through that answer and definitely going to take that advice for myself and hopefully our audience can take it as well. Um thank you so much for your time today. I know that. Earlier in the podcast, you mentioned you wanted to recommend a couple books. I don't know if you remember which books those were, but you so far you've given us Sapiens. And then you said there were other books. If you can plug those books and then um, we can definitely end by giving you the floor saying, to say anything else that you wanted to say before. Um, maybe it's something that I didn't ask. Um, yeah. So, yeah, give us uh, give you the floor to say anything about that you, we might not have covered. And then two recommendations. And then we'll start to close.
0: Sounds good. And I have a gift. Who doesn't like a gift? Okay. So uh, regarding books, let me start with the books. So um, not taking judgment. If you are someone who has experienced trauma, uh, there's two books. Um, one is "What Happened to You," which is by um, Oprah, and another Dr Bruce, Bruce Perry. If you want to do a deep dive, if you already know you've had trauma and you want more background, I got a great book called *The Body Keeps the Score* by a famous psychologist. It's got a Matisse painting on the cover. We're going to put this on the website on MinorLighthouse.com. Um, a more bright look at things. It's called uh, the book is called *The Good Life*. It's a newer book by Robert Waldinger. It's um, the Harvard study on the good life. Very fascinating and then please check out minorlighthouse.com and then I've got the gift this is my little reminder that I have a gift for everyone so um i think it was friday that i went into meditation and spoke to one of the guides i don't remember and they said okay we have a gift for everybody that listens to the podcast whether you know they're listening to it live or recorded um and they said they're going to um Give the listeners within three weeks, a gift that is um, tangible. So tangible, like something concrete, like money, or you see a friend you haven't seen in weeks and you were just thinking about them. So something really awesome. And then yeah. they in, in order uh, in, in response to this, they requested that in return, they want you then to offer an intangible gift. So being present to someone, um, smiling to someone that's walking down the street, um, just listening to your daughter when she's having a hard day, sending sending a nice note to somebody, texting, just something simple, easy. It doesn't have to be big. So that's the gift. And I'm just so thankful that you had me on your podcast. This has been fun.
1: I'm very grateful to have had you on too. And I feel like we got a lot of different topics covered and I personally gained a lot of value and learned a lot from this call and i'm hoping that our audience will be present when listening to it as well and um i really am really grateful for the gift and i'm looking forward to receiving it um thank you so much for being on the podcast sally i can't thank you enough um and hopefully we'll stay in touch and i wish you the best of luck with the future of inner lighthouse and thank you again
0: thanks for the microphone cabron